what I what I started doing is um, I s that's a kettle. I don't know if you can hear that. Um, I've actually got a thing about a kettle. I'll just quickly read it. I was re I've um, I've got my books here and. Uh, so there's a kettle boiling, and then this was about that. It's a poem about a kettle. And when I was, when I wrote this, I didn't realise how much Leonard Cohen I'd been listening to, and I was listening to a lot. And uh, so it's called "Poem About a Kettle," written when listening to a lot of Leonard Cohen. <laughs> I filled my kettle with tears, the tears I stole from your eyes when you weren't looking. Clicked it on to boil. After a minute I could hear your distant weeping. With the heat came the cries. Before long the kitchen was full of boiling screams. The kettle peaked, extinguishing the little light it had. I poured your sorrow onto the tea bag of my life and drank the sadness of your being. Bruv, you should have really gone into advertising. That so that was that. That so would have been amazing. And now that is the new, what's the brand of a kettle? I don't know. Breville. This is a podcast from the Poetry Society. Welcome on this fine red sky day in the centre of London. And joining us today is poet and comic Rob Orton. Hi, Rob. How are you doing? Hi, Joel. Yeah, I'm OK. Wicked. So I'll give you, those of you who don't know who Rob is, it's been actually quite difficult to quantify who you are as an artist because I think of you as a poet, other people think of you as a comedian. Mm. But you're a kind of a fusion, a surreal fusion of... Poetry with a deep heart, a pathos at its core, and then just supreme ridiculousness combined together. So I'm never quite sure whether to kind of throw myself off the chair on the floor laughing or dying, trying to dig my grave. <laughs> um, you've certainly given, I think, people who've seen you some of the most memorable nights of their lives. So you've produced, I think, is it two, four, six shows in yeah. total that you've taken each one up to Edinburgh Festival. They include The Yellow Show, The Sky Show, The Face Show, Water Show, Sleep Show, and the new one, The Hair Show. Yeah. You were the winner of Dave Best Joke at Edinburgh Festival Fringe, and you perform sellout shows across the UK, and, of course, as part of the Channel 4 televised super poem mega babe collective bang said the gun so what yeah. was your journey into poetry taking yourself way back did you always want to be a poet or did you start um, another form? no my the first thing i ever realized i was good at or had any ability at was uh drawing mm -hmm. and art so that quickly became my favorite subject at school yeah and um just loved painting and um, drawing and then I so I took my art GCSE and then did art A level and then I did art foundation yeah. and then I did a degree in graphic arts right mm -hmm. and then that was much more of a um, ideas it was an ideas based course you had a brief and you had to answer it with a concept you had to come Got up it. with so an idea so yeah, yeah, it wasn't yeah. just about the way it looked it had to have some meaning behind uh -huh. so you conceptualised yeah 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 yeah, yeah behind the graphics and uh when i finished that degree i thought oh which what i want to have ideas you know i yeah. love having ideas it turned from drawing to more about the concepts and just about the ideas uh -huh. and then i was i'd always liked it when i was watching tv and a good advert came on and it you know, yeah. good adverts are like a special treat, aren't they? You know, or when you see them in a magazine and it makes you laugh because yeah, it's yeah. very rare. But when it does happen, you're like, oh wow, that's great. Yeah. 
And so I thought, oh, I'd love to try and get into advertising and make good adverts that make people happy. Yeah. And then the thing is, is that almost a perfect job for someone who wants to have ideas and be creative. Yeah. And it, but it's not a place for someone who might consider themselves to be an artist, I don't think. Right. So I was like an art director. Well, no, I'd been sending loads of uh, short stories and things like that. Oh, so I had been writing short stories mm. and I was just sending them to advertising agencies and they were like, well, what do you want? You know, yeah. we've got no place for you here. But I kept on banging on doors and then my dad phoned me up and he said, uh, "Where my, my dad's a plumber, or he was, he's retired now. And uh, he said, where I go to get my pipes from, um, his, the guy who runs the pipe place, uh, run, his brother-in-law runs an advertising agency. Why don't you go and see them? So I went and saw them <clears throat> and they said, we do this thing called the work placement and you can do two weeks with us. And um, the creative director of that company was Martin Galton, who runs... Oh, my gosh, that's how it happened. Yeah, so he runs Bang, Said the Gun, yeah. And then, so, the good thing about Martin is that he is a, he is like a full-on artist. It's yeah. just that he, he did a lot of work in the 80s uh, with, like... He did a lot of the big Levi's commercials and things yeah. like that. But at his heart and in his soul, he's an artist and he's a mm, writer. And, yeah. Um, so he just encouraged me to be as crazy as I, I wanted. Um, so what started happening was I would get like briefs for House of Fraser sale. Yeah. And I'd have like a drawing of two worms talking to each other saying, hey, you know, there's a sale on House of Fraser. And then someone else would do like a real, another worm would say something ridiculous. And then they were like, look, this isn't really working, but... On the flip side of that, I started having these notebooks that were filling up with writing that was um, just what I wanted to write and get off my chest. Yeah. So all the stuff that was getting rejected that I yeah. thought was really good, I was like, ah, oh, well, I'm going to fill up these notebooks. And then Martin said, um, oh, I'm having a fireworks party um, and we're going to be doing some poetry there. And I was like, oh, well. I've never written any poetry before, but yeah. I've got this writing that I've been writing down and mm. they're quite concise ideas. Um, can I do them? And he said, yeah. So at Martin's fireworks party, I stood up on his wall um, and Dan Cockrell was there as well from Banks of the Gun. And, um, so Banks of the Gun already existed at yeah, this Yeah, I mean, they've been, going, they've been going since like early 90s, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, and... Um, and then I did a few things and on the wall and I remember someone shouting out, oh, we like that one. And that was like one, you know. <laughs> and then all the others was just like tumbleweeds. Yeah. But uh, with that one, they were like, so that was enough to make me think, oh, I'd like to do that again. So how did you get the courage to get up on that wall in the first place? Just from having something inside of me that I wanted to get out and... Yeah. And the whole thing, why I'm doing this is because I don't sit down and try to write ideas. I have ide ideas uh, come to me mm. and they make me laugh or they make me think or they yeah. um, give me a thought that I think about and get something from. Yeah. And all I want to do is um, share those. It's, yeah. For me, it's just about sharing. It's like, right, well... 
um, I feel like I've got something and I just want to share it. And mm. if people like it, great. And if they don't, then that's all right. I've got something from it. But um, so after the fireworks, Dan said, um, oh, we run this nightclub bank, said the gun, do you want to come and do that? And then mm. I was at, so it was about maybe a month and a half until they were starting at the Roebuck pub right. in uh, Borough upstairs. And it was going to be monthly. And I was absolutely bricking it. I was going mm. to do like a 10 minute set. And it's it was quite a scary space. Yeah, my first ever gig. And it was full of like Dan and Martin's friends. And I had some of my mates there as well. And I'd, I hadn't been able to eat all day. Yeah, yeah. And um, I, I was just so nervous. And then I did it. And what from what I remember of it, it went like I was buzzing after. Yeah. And it was my first gig and I was like, oh wow, I love this. And then the month after I went into it really confident and it absolutely died Bond. on Bond. my ass. Yeah. But that's it. I mean I still get there now. The point is that nobody does um it doesn't go brilliantly all the time. And what I was gonna say before you got onto that story is that you seem to have accidentally created a new kind of poetry <laughs> first time I came to see you. <clears throat> it was, um, it's really surprising because you, <clears throat> it's not just that your poetry is informed by ideas and by the artworks you've got or by a concept, you've got it all on stage, kind of a bit like a performance artist in some way. So you still use, your art is still an integral part of your act, if you like. I'm For me, it's, it's just all the same. Like, it doesn't yeah. matter whether it's poetry or music or graffiti or whatever, it's just people having something inside them that they want to get out and share it and see what people make of it, you know. And so when, that's why when people ask me what I do, I say I'm a writer and a, a performer. Mm. I never say, oh, I'm a poet, you know. Yeah. Because if I do, then people can kind of say, oh, he's a poet. And then start to critique you on that basis alone. Where yeah, 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 yeah. Well, flexible no, I, I'm, I'm, when I say that, I'm just, I'm free to do whatever I want. And then, it, so if people book me for a comedy gig, I'll just, you know, I can do, I'll try and make people laugh, but that's not the sole aim. It's like, you've booked me for just being me, so I'm just going to do that. Yeah. I think, like, I mean, apart from the laughter, you've made me laugh so much on many, many occasions, but it's the, it's like the pathos at the heart of your poetry that really gets me every well, that's time. Well, that's the, for me, that's where it, it, That's where the, the real stuff is, isn't it? That's, mm. where, that's where last night I did a gig in Exeter. And no matter how much people laugh and are enjoying it and having a laugh, it's the bits where you can hear it go quiet. Mm. And, and when I move, when I'm moving... Myself, like, I always used to cry on stage. When, no, I've seen you do it, yeah. But when I was doing, um, I did a thing, the first one really, when I would lose it every day in Edinburgh was the Sky, I did a show about the Sky called The Sky Show. And at the end, I had a piece about um, thinking about all the different steps that I'd climbed in my life. So whether it was a kickstool or the steps to the upper deck mm. of a bus. And I thought, right, if I got all the steps and put them all together, how high could I get? Would it be yeah. enough to reach the moon? I know the one, yeah. And um, and then, like, getting onto the moon and thinking about, like, oh, all the magic's down there, we've done it all. And I would... I'd get be able... I could... I was new enough to it. The, I mean, that was 2013, so I was still new enough to it to... just 
let everything go really mm. and I still can get to that point sometimes but now I've done quite a lot of gigs now and I don't know I almost don't want to well I still want to give myself away as much but I don't know but and then when I did this face show I, I um there was a bit at the end of the face show as well where I was just but as well I think I don't know if it's like people don't want to see people crying on stage not, not all the time I pay good money to watch you cry <laughs> a long way no, because because what it is is the is the surprise. Well, I think if it, it yeah. has to be real, doesn't it? So, so, like when I told the story of last Christmas, for me, a major part of last Christmas was when we played Chill Pill together. Yeah. And um, uh, people, I'm used to people crying during my performance, you know, because like I spend a lot of time trying to make people cry. It makes, <laughs> it makes me really really happy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and. Um, and then I sat and I remember some strangers next to me. I was like, well, watch this, watch this. This is going to be, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be hilarious. <laughs> yeah. And then you got to your last piece about Father Christmas. And uh, yeah. I just wanted to take my face off and hang it up outside the theatre. I was in bits, yeah. absolute bits. And then I went on uh, in, in Finland on tour and people were talking about it. Really? Yeah, and I'd be like, I pretended like we were really close. <laughs> A letter from Father Christmas. Some of the most challenging sleeps I've ever had came as a child on Christmas Eve. I knew if I achieved sleep, my reward would come in the shape of Father Christmas having been. This year, I woke up to find I'd received a letter from Father Christmas. It read, Dear Rob, I hope you have enjoyed the presents I've given you over the years. I have certainly got great pleasure from reading your lists. This year... I thought I could give you my Christmas list. I realise you're busy and may not be able to meet all my requirements, but I would really appreciate it if you could find the time to give it a go. I know you've got no way of checking, but I think I've been a good man this year. I've been a loving husband and have kept the reindeer in good health. Rudolph recently became a father. His son was not born with a red nose, though, so there is controversy surrounding the question of who the father is. Please find my Christmas list enclosed. When I read this letter, I thought, you what? How dare Father Christmas send me his Christmas list? I don't know who's Father Christmas to Father Christmas, but it is definitely not me. I'm, I am Father Christmas to nobody. Hold on a minute. If Father Christmas has sent me his Christmas list, does that mean Father Christmas believes in me? If someone believes in me, I don't want to give them a reason not to. I took the list and began to read it. Rob. There is just one gift I would like from you this year. As a gift to me, I would like you to attempt to become as comfortable within yourself when you are awake as you are when you are asleep. Why have you become quieter and more withdrawn in social situations? Please don't disappear into yourself completely. It is acceptable to shut yourself off from the from the world when you are asleep but not when you are awake. Stop overthinking every single thought you have. Anxiety is not the capital of you. Take note of the words you wrote down that the cricket commentator said. Try your best, but do not take yourself too seriously. My elves have been watching you talk to yourself in your kitchen when you're on your own. They tell me what you say and I don't believe what you think of yourself is true. They told me that recently you said you prefer being asleep to being awake, that you feel like you fit in when you are asleep. I know you don't believe that. Sleep is the cement that sticks your days together. Over time, your days build up from them, create something you can be proud of yourself. 
when you fall asleep and do something in your dreams, it doesn't stay. You can't work on any relationships in your sleep. There is no progress. You've got a recurring life that is in your hands when you wake up. Make the most of it. A recurring dad. You can phone up. It's solid. Kate planted some sweet peas in the garden, didn't she? Never in your wildest dreams will that happen. You are awake. Act like you are out of bed. Do something to make yourself tired while you still can. Grip your waking hours by the scruff of the minutes. Lie down on a night knowing you have earned your horizontal time. Try to go to sleep looking forward to the absolute untamable mission that is tomorrow. It's challenging being awake, but worms do it. It can't be that hard. When did sleep become your happy place? You used to drive. Now it's as if you're falling asleep at the wheel of your own life. Work to be brave. Make your sleeping life the shadow of your waking life. The dream version of you will look on with envy, watching you fight in the ring of reality that you are attempting to carve out for yourself. Because the other reality, that hashtag, pray for reality, isn't quite cutting it. Go to bed knowing anything you achieve in your dreams isn't going to come close. You have never had your hair cut in your dreams, Rob, or had a shower, or shaved, or bought clothes, that guy's in a right state, all his teeth are falling out, not that he's ever looked in the mirror, he has never washed up or cleaned the bathroom, he has never opened an envelope with your name on it, he has never been to sleep, he must be absolutely knackered, he could fly, but he doesn't, what does that mean, maybe you're not bothered about flying, public transport is there, may as well use it, the most memorable thing he's ever done is when he had the chocolate all the way through Kit Kat experience, but with an apple. He bit into it to find it was skin all the way through and just continued to try to bite into it and it kept on changing shape until it completely disappeared. Sleep is the cocoon and I want you to wake up in the morning and break out of that sleep shell head first. Fly at it, fueled by your favourite cocktail, self-doubt and determination. The smell of ripening tomatoes, the sight of returning green cycle helmet through the living room window. Walk, pace, run, walk, pace, run, walk, pace, run. Get into them, get broken and heal. I want the gulf between the awake and the asleep versions of you to widen. Attempting to instigate some sort of awakening within yourself every time your eyes open from a night's sleep is too much to ask. I have tried it, but this year, Rob, I really want you to prove that you are awake. I want you to do this for me as you have seemed so disconnected from everything and everyone of late. Being awake is other people, those you know and those you don't. If what some of them are doing makes you prefer the sleep side of your life, they have won. Do not allow them to win. Don't detach yourself from what you love. Plug yourself into the mains of what you have been born into and switch yourself on while you still have the chance. This isn't a present for me, Rob. It is a present for you. All the best, your friend and constant observer, Father Christmas. That's it. So that's that one. I haven't read that for a while. Uh, do you know, I mean, it just makes me cry all the time. Well, it, it felt felt good reading it, you know, when you haven't read something for a while and you're like, oh yeah, I can get behind this. But I think that's, it's actually a really good example of what you do to people when you're on a stage. Mm. Part of what you do. Because I mean, I cried, open, did you cry, Ollie? This is um, Ollie Fox, the producer, crying on the inside. He's a male. Did you cry, Flory? It's just you, Yeah, she's crying. All right, it's just me. It's the old woman in the corner, <laughs> sobbing. So, um, the part where... <laughs> you've also just come back. Actually, you didn't tell me about the hair show. What is the hair show about? The hair show, every year I pick a theme. So the first year was a, about the colour yellow, then it was about the sky, then it was about... The third show I did was about 
basis. Then I did a show about water. Then I did a show about sleep. And this show is all about hair. And all I want to do is write about things that nobody else can tell me how I feel about. Mm. So no one can tell me how I feel about the colour yellow or about the sky or faces or water or sleeping or uh, hair. And basically what I do is I just put hair in the middle of the spider diagram and try to think of what I can do. How can I build a show about hair? Mm. So in, I think, August last year, it was, uh, I thought, right, well, I'm going to grow. I'll grow all my hair. Yeah. I won't cut it or have a shave until I've done the show for the final time. But now I've just had some shows booked in for May. So that's it. 2018. So I haven't had a, so I've got loads of like beard and hair now and it's just it's so annoying. Mm. But I know that the longer hair, the longer my hair is and the bigger the beard is, then the better the show will be. So I'm just trying to grow it. So it's um, it's, uh, it's it was in the comedy section of the Edinburgh Fringe brochure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just me exploring hair. All I want to do is try to explore things for myself. Yeah. Because I, I, like, I know a lot of people write about current events and current affairs and things like that, but those, those things pass. Yeah. So for me, I want to be able to know that it doesn't matter in 10 years time I'll still be able to read these yeah and they'll and you know and it will people will be as current as yeah, 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 yeah 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 um and the hair yeah it's just me trying to all this stuff is just me trying to come to terms with the fact that I have I have hair that's what the hair shows about yeah or the sky exists mm. And but how come uh, it gets so moving? That's the well, strange thing. Well, I think because I get really upset and sad quite yeah. a lot of the time. And um, I am just looking at the world and thinking, oh my, this place is so incredible. Mm. What a treat yeah. to be here. And then you see the stuff that happens, you're like, oh, don't spoil it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? No, completely. So when completely. you see people doing that, it's just it just just gets to me so much. Yeah, and I don't know what else to do apart from this stuff that I'm doing. And mm. so I've just got to put everything into it. But last night I was, I realised that a lot of the ideas I've been having, I haven't been I haven't been making them into pieces. And I thought I've got so much to say about all the stuff, all the just about being here in this space. So could you but like? Do you think, because you've published, is it three books? Yeah, yeah. Three books on burning eye books. And they were that kind of innovative revolution in spoken word poetry publishing, because none of us stood a chance really before they came around. Yeah. Um, And you've kept them themed around each of the shows. Have you thought about just doing a kind of marginalia? No, that's what they are. They are. These are just collections of, these aren't to do with the shows. Oh, are they not? No. Even though the latest one is called Take Hair. Take hair. <laughs> um, but the first one's called In Heaven the Onions Make You Laugh and the second one's called Petrol Honey. Right. Um, but yeah, that's, they're just a mix of all, of all my stuff, basically. There's some stuff from the shows in there. Um, but yeah, they've got some of my drawings in. And... Yeah. Okay. So what do you think about the changes since you... How long have you been with Bangs of the Gun? 2007. 
Okay, so 10 years you've ten been doing years, Banks yeah. of the Gun. And in that time, we've seen it rise to prominence on the scene. It's always rammed out. Mm. Um, and can you describe to people what happens at the beginning of every show and what the kind of, what the focus of each night is? Um, well, when we started it at the Roebuck, yeah. um, we didn't have many... It was It was pretty much just a microphone and some music, but... The more that we worked on it, we were saying, okay, look, come on, let's get some big banners up. Let's, why don't we have, um, why don't we get some milk cartons and fill them with chickpeas so then mm. the audience can have a shaker instead of having to clap. Yeah. Basically, we just wanted to make as much noise as we could for a yeah. poetry night. And then, right, we're, we're going to get the music that we love. So the best Motown and Little Richard and all this mm. music and just crank it up as loud yeah. as we can. So people come in and they thought that they were going to a poetry gig, but really it's just like half an hour of, like we say, a happening, basically. Yeah. That's what all we want it to be. It's yeah. like people come and you blow them away by what you've got to give, which is like, we've made this and we mm. love this and we want you to love this too. It's just yeah. like baking bread, you know? Yeah, yeah. Making some really nice bread and you eating it and going oh, this bread's gorgeous, I'm going to bake it for everyone. Come yeah. on, taste it, you know. And so that's, and then with Bang, we're just like, we're just gagging for people to come and let themselves go. So it's a cathartic Yeah, at the start, it is, it's just like, right, come on, everyone, let everything go. Let's have it. What's interesting about it as well, because <clears throat> you have that beginning, which is completely irreverent and it's... Um, yeah, yeah I mean, Mark, it's an extraordinary yeah. thing to experience. Martin's I was there with terrified his Terrified my first time when I was performing. I was like, oh my god. Yeah, days, but the, the, the good thing is, is that it what it does is because it's kind of so crazy and loud at the start, and then Dan would go on and he'd do something, and then what we tried to do at Bang is have a platform. So I think there's quite a good mix of people at the moment. So it's me, Dan, Laurie, and Martin. Mm. And, um, I think there's enough in there so everyone think it doesn't anything goes basically so it it can be as serious as you like or as playful as you like yeah. or as and we just want to create a safe space where people can express themselves mm. through words and um it's yeah it's fantastic it changed yeah. my life you know yeah well I'm not like you know in in a in the way that now I write and even though I don't have any money, I am all right yeah. with, with, I'm kind of at peace with what I've chosen to do. Yeah. I don't know if, if in 10 years time, what will happen, who knows, but if I'm still going to be writing or I just, I just know at the moment is that when I am walking around and if I have an idea, I know that I've got somewhere where mm. I can go. So it's kind of a laboratory for all the the guys that organise it, Laurie Bolger and Dan Cockrell. Yeah, yeah. And yourself and Martin. It's a space that you can all try new things in. Yeah, well, that's just, when it was weekly. Yeah. That was, and I was... That's crazy, weekly. Yeah, we, every week, every Thursday night. So, but, I mean, we're here at the Poetry Cafe and a brilliant place to go and test out your stuff, or yeah. not test out, there's an open mic every Tuesday. Yeah. Poetry Unplugged. Yeah. And sometimes there's 40 people doing five minutes. And I used to come every week. I haven't been so much 
recently, but I, I came like a few months ago and I, I'd love it so much because there's not many places where you can just go and hear so many words. Yeah. Just words like boom, 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 boom. It's like, oh yeah, give them to me, you know? Yeah. And then it's so inspiring as well because often someone will start saying something and then I think, oh, are they going to say that? And then and they, they don't. don't. And then you're like, yeah. ah, yes. Yes, thank you very much for your half-formed idea. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. But yeah, uh, so that is it. But yeah, we've started doing, ban- we just did a tour of Bankshead, they're going around the country. Mm. And uh, I just think it's a, it's a good, the, it's it's a very positive thing. A lot of people in the tour where we went to, uh, where was the first place we went to? I can't remember. Somewhere near Coventry. And it was like, a uh, Stafford. Is that near Coventry? That Stafford Theatre, Stamford. No, Stam- Stam- oh. no, Stafford. Yeah, it is no comment. Apologies to anyone listening to this in Stafford, <laughs> but um, it was fantastic. Yeah. Because we didn't know what to expect and um, people walking away from it saying, oh, um, we've never seen anything like that before. Yeah. So that was good. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard. It's blooming hard. It's of hard course work. it is. It's a, it's a Touring is, is really exhausting. Yeah, it's a slog. Yeah. But it's brilliant at the same time and... Um, yeah, it's good. We really got to bond on that tour as a team, yeah. So you've been doing Bangs of the Gun for 10 years. And in those last 10 years, we've seen a, com- um, a complete change around in the way that poetry, and in particular, the branding of it as spoken word, mm. has hit the mainstream. So poets are on the telly. Poets are doing radio a lot. Um, yeah. And, yet, and we're just, there's so many more gigs. There's so many more people coming in to spoken word poetry. Why do you think that is? What happened? Um, I don't know. Is it is it just because it, has it really? Do you think, or is it just because I, we're in it? Maybe I don't know. I mean, I I was saying uh, to your agent earlier that I see. I I I, <laughs> I was saying um, saying that certainly I see a l- hundreds and hundreds of young people coming in with very high expectations. Really? So not coming in with their little notebooks and sitting in the corner of the room sobbing, yeah. you know, and writing six lines that they'll then say for the next seven years. Right. But coming in with, like, this is... Um, maybe it was slam poetry that started it, the excitement of those slams. Yeah. Which are a little bit bang said the gunny anyway because there was that kind of um, call and response yeah. going on, very, very dynamic, loud events. Um, so they were writing poems... I think maybe for each the... round, and and then you could could see people's careers developing from mm. it. Well, I mean, Kate Tempest is probably at the front of the charge yeah. with all that, you know, and holding the flag. And I think that is that's been a quite a big thing. I don't, I don't think, I don't know, I, I don't think like. I don't think everyone. You don't really country... see it. No. Nah. No. Nah. So I when you're booking, when you're booking a bank said the gun night, mm. do you look at the artists on your roster and go like, "We've had them. Oh no, we've had them. Oh no, we've had them." Well, <laughs> is there anybody only... new? I think the well, there are yeah, there are some brilliant people coming like and new start new night starting as well. Yeah. Like Sean Mahoney and Zia Rahman have just started a new night called Bit Deep. Which right. is, uh, it's in a comedy in the comedy pub in Islington right. with Bill Murray, and it's bit deep. It's called bit deep, so it's you can it can do comedy that's a bit deep or poetry that's a bit deep, right? Wicked. Um, and if you could choose something to read for us 
Um, did you a piece that you did in the actual hair show? Have you got something there? Uh, it's all memorised that. Oh, give us one then. It's not poems, really. Oh. I, I'll, what shall I say? <laughs> I, there's, there's, there's definite bits in it. Well, why don't you select a poem for the Poetry Society podcast listeners? Okay. Um, well, when we were doing Bang Said the Gum, um, and are still doing Bang Said the Gum, but when we, when we were doing it weekly, um, this guy was a proper regular and uh he was called Leonard and he's from um Holland and he went through a stage of bringing us gifts every week and um he bought me a pasta bake once he was like yeah hey, I bought you a pasta That's bake amazing from Holland like, you look like you're really skinny come on you need to eat a bit more here's a pasta bake and then another time he bought me he bought other people gifts as well, but I can only remember the ones he gave to me because I'm selfish like that. But he gave me a loaf of bread, mm. right? And as he handed it to me, he said, uh, Rob, this is from my favourite bakery, right? So I wrote a piece inspired by that. And it's called My Favourite Bakery. I wish I had a favourite bakery. I could buy people bread as a gift. As I hand it to them, I would say, this is from my favourite bakery. Holding it with both hands, they would look into the brown paper bag and think, Rob is a man with a favourite bakery. <laughs> I didn't realise he was doing so well. <laughs> Do I have a favourite bakery? No. Why not? I haven't put the effort in. What haven't I put the effort into? I haven't put the effort into finding a favourite bakery. If I had, people would query where I found the time. How many times has he been there to have made it his favourite? Not only that, but how many other bakeries does he know of that aren't his favourite? <laughs> when did Rob become the type of person who has a favourite bakery? They would picture the new me opening the heavily condensated door on a crisp Saturday morning, gripping the worn, gold-plated door handle with a brown leather-gloved hand the bell ringing above the interior conversations, inhaling through my nose with my eyes shut, shaking my head when my lungs reached capacity, opening my eyes to a familiar smile from behind the loaf-laden counter. I would like to give someone supermarket bread as a Christmas present. A wrapped-up loaf of white sliced under the Christmas tree would certainly have the shape of something worth opening. They would feel through the paper and think, oh, it feels like bread, <laughs> but it must be clothes. <laughs> That's it. Thank you. Thank you. So you've got some gigs coming up. When are they? Where are they? Um, we are starting doing Bangs of the Gun at Soho Theatre. Oh, get you. Downstairs, right? What? Guess what time it starts? Eight o'clock. Half eleven. At night? Yeah, baby. All night. So yeah. So if you're if you're out on the Raz in Soho, yeah, and you want to come to a poetry extravaganza, mm -hmm. that's starting. I think we're doing it monthly, and it starts on the third of November. Third of November. The, and then so the first of December. Dean yeah. Street. Yeah, in the, in the downstairs, like in the cabaret bar. That's an amazing space. It's brilliant space, isn't it? And yeah. So yeah, I think is we're really just going to try and make it more raucous and. Hardcore than ever. 
Fantastic. Well, Rob Orton, thank you so much. Thanks you for having me. You can get hold of Rob Orton's books on Burning Eye Books or on Amazon, yeah. Waterstones, Foils. I've got a website, roborton.co.uk, and I'm doing a tour of the hair show next year and doing some dates at Soho Theatre there as well, but I'm doing it like nationwide all over the country, and those dates will be on my website, roborton.co.uk, yeah. Fantastic. If you want to get in touch with Rob, contact him through the website or through www.poetrysociety.org.uk. Yeah. Thanks for coming. See you soon.